Well, let me start with who I am. My name is Hendrico. It's spelt out for you in case some of us struggle to say it. Hendrico Blackie. Um, I'm 29 years old. I was born in South Africa, so don't hold that against me. We moved to Australia in 96, 97 as a family. I say 96, 97 because I'm still not sure when it was. So come talk to my parents and they'll tell you exactly why and when it was that we moved to Australia officially. Uh, we lived in Adelaide for nine years, so that's why, um, that's why Pastor Nina likes me. We share, we share some, something, some similarities there. Uh, lived in Mackay then after that for three years. So I was there. That's why I know the Bedvilles. Um, but they knew me as a little rat bag. Um, and I've always known them as an amazing family. So they're awesome. And then we moved from Mackay to Brisbane in 2009. And we've been planting our roots here in this city since then. And um, went to, started going to Albany Hills Christian Church uh, back then and, as a family. And... Um, I grew up in a Christ-centered family. I grew up in a God-fearing family. I grew up around Scripture. I grew up going to church every Sunday. Um, I knew God loved me, and I knew God was real, but I didn't know God for myself. But that all changed in um, late 2013, early 2014, where um, I decided to get to take God off of my utility belt per se, Instead of going, oh, every, every now and then, God help me here, God help me there. I decided to get on his utility belt. And that's when I really decided to just give my life to God, to start living for him. And uh, that was the greatest decision I could have made. And uh, God put a carrot on the end of a stick for me so that I can become the man I was called to be. And that carrot is Rosanna. She is not the redhead in her family. There are a few other redheads in her family, but she was my carrot on the end of the stick. I pursued her diligently for two whole years until I finally was able to take her out on a real date. Um, so patience was something that grew inside of me over that time. Um, but it was well worth it. I loved every minute of it. I loved getting to know her. Find someone in church. If you're young and single, find someone in church because... Um, God's blessing will be on that if you honor him through that. So that's where I found my wonderful wife and we got married. I proposed in 2018. That was a long time ago. Well, it feels a long time ago for me. It's like a lifetime ago to, for some of us, isn't it? It's like, whoa, 2018, that's pretty horrid. And then um, got married, end of 2019, the, the free years, and um, went on an amazing honeymoon. This is us. I don't know if you can see that well. That's us at our, at our wedding. We had an outdoor chapel. It was amazing. Beautiful place. There were bushfires, which weren't good, but they made for amazing photos. So it's, it was really hazy. Um, I was very happy. That's my brother and his wife, my mum and dad. Audrey has been added to that, a little, little niece of mine, which is cool. You might see her after the service. She's at the back. And then I got extended into a, a larger family, which fits on the screen, and that's exciting. And there's another addition to that as well, little Hannah. And um, yeah, that's the family that I'm a part of. And I love every minute, every birthday, every celebration that we have. It's just, it's amazing. I love it. I love it. And then in 2020, 
um, probably against all recommendations from anyone that's ever done anything significant in the business realm. I started a, my own business in June 2020. So that was an interesting time, but I felt led by God to do that. And uh, that has been super fruitful. And I have my apprentice here as well, which is awesome. Super fruitful. Uh, we have a great time. I'm, a, I'm an electrician by day, Batman by night. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Although, this isn't in my notes, but Batman is a pretty good superhero. He's got no superpowers. He's just super rich. That's realistic. But I do have a word from God this morning. It's not just about me. It is about God. But I did want you to know who I was, for those that don't know me yet. And I have been getting to know, getting to know some of you, and that's been amazing. And I will get around to everyone. And um, I enjoy taking you out for a coffee or a lunch. And I will continue to do so, and that's been awesome. Well, the title of my message this morning is Nothing But Oil, and I'm going to read from 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 1 to 7. One day, the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come, threatening to take my sons, my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing at all, except a flask of olive oil, she replied. And Elisha said, borrow as many empty jars as you can find from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as, the, as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her, cheeky boy. And then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. My first point this morning is faith is the only option. I want to read verse, uh, half of verse 1 for you again. It says, my husband who served you is dead. This is the widow speaking to Elisha. And you know how he feared the Lord. But now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. This woman's life was tough. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows just because her and her family feared God and, and was working in the ministry. Her life was tough and it was actually around a time where being a prophet or being a, a family of God was very, very threatening. Just a few years before, there was massive Baal worship in Israel and they were actually killing the, the people that feared God. And Elijah was so convinced, not Elisha, his, his mentor, Elijah was so convinced that he was the only one left that feared God in the whole of Israel. But God reminded him there were 7,000 others that also feared God. And this family may have been one of them. So they were hiding. They were running away. They were saving their lives. They were doing whatever they could to stay alive. Their life was tough. They had a hard life. 
She would have been, and now her husband's dead. So all her provision's gone. All her safety's gone. What, what safety she had, the, the money that was coming in, she was, they were obviously a family of great debt. But her provision, the, the, the way out of that debt was taken away from her. Her husband had passed away. And it was unexplainable. I don't know if, uh, well, I know there's some of you that have, have suffered a loss and it's unexplainable and it's painful. And we don't know why these things happen. But Romans 8 verse 28 says that we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. So there is a promise. There are many promises throughout Scripture that no matter what happens, God is still there. So no matter what bad things happen in our lives, just like this woman, our lives may not be as bad, but there are bad things that happen to us. We live in a great country. We have family and friends around us. We're in a great church. We're not persecuted for our faith like many other nations, even today, or like they were. But life gets tough. But there is a promise from God that he works all things together. He knits it all together. He takes the good, the bad, the ugly, and he makes it all work together for those that love him, that call upon his name, that are called according to his purpose for them. Whatever we face, we must have faith. This woman faced the worst. She faced death. Her only option was faith. That's all she had. That's all she could turn to. If the creditors came and took her two sons, that goes whatever provision she had left after her husband passed. She couldn't work for herself. She would have starved. She already had sold everything. And she, all, all she had was a, a flask of olive oil. Where else could she go? Where else can we go in, terms, in times of trouble? Where else can we turn to? The world isn't enough. What the world offers isn't enough. The world cannot offer us unconditional love. The world cannot offer us peace. The world cannot offer us mercy or grace. The world cannot offer these things to us. The world cannot offer us provisions. We cannot even provide for ourselves. We can't call the oxygen out of the air and breathe it in. It's by the grace of God that we're able to do that. The world cannot offer us anything. It is only God. It is only God. The only option was faith for her. And she, was, she turned to a man of God. She turned to God in her time of need in faith. Point two is this. What do you have? In verse two, it says, she, Elisha says to her, what can I do to help you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Nothing at all except a flask of olive oil, she replied. Elisha was led by God in this moment to ask her a very simple question. Well, what do you have? If you've got nothing else, if you feel like everything's been taken from you, just look around. What do you have? What do you have? See, God wants to partner with us in this life. He wants to use what we have to display His glory. God chose a young boy or a young man to take down a giant. And all he had was five smooth stones and a sling. And people try to put other things on him. But he stepped away and he looked at himself and he said, No, I have great faith and I have these five stones and a sling. And I have a hunger and a desire to be used by God. 
And he was able to take down what seemed to be an impossible enemy to defeat for the Israelites. God used David in that instance. God used the old man that, was, that had a stuttering issue and also a stubborn issue. And he took that old man and that old man's staff and he did great things for the nation of Israel. God said to him, throw down your staff. Look what you have in your hand. Throw down your staff. And God turned that staff into a great snake that actually ate. It's a weird story, but it's pretty incredible. It just displays the glory of God. A snake that ate the other snakes of the false prophets and the magicians of Egypt at that time. God used Moses and his staff, which is a stick. It's dead. But he used that to display God's glory. That same staff and the faith that Moses had in the living God walked up to an ocean and it parted. As he lifted his hand up with that staff in his hand, it parted the oceans. And the Israelites were able to walk on dry ground. It's not just the oceans parted, it dried straight away. And they were able to walk on dry ground to safety, away from the, Israel, uh, the Egyptian army chasing them. That same staff was actually used to bring water out of a rock for the Israelites when they were in the desert. God used a man and his staff and the faith that that man had in God was all it took for God to move in that man's life and in the life of Israel. And then there's this cute story of a little boy with five little bread loaves and two fish and the disciples robbed him of his lunch. No, they... The boy partnered with the disciples and there was an amazing move of God with these five loaves and two fish and this little boy and the disciples' faith, although they had little faith, Jesus blessed it and they were able to feed over 5,000 people with what little that little boy had, with what little they had. God was able to do all of those things. What do you have? All she had was a flask of olive oil. Olive oil in the Bible is a representation of the Holy Spirit. So many times olive oil represents the Holy Spirit. They anointed kings with olive oil as to put the anointing on them, as to call on the Holy Spirit to rest upon them. Olive oil was uh, um, used for the anointing ceremonies. Olive oil represents the Holy Spirit. Now this lady had physical olive oil but I believe that this is a metaphor for us that we can take hold of that with the Holy Spirit we don't need much we don't need anything but the Holy Spirit with the Holy Spirit there is power with the Holy Spirit we can do what we need to do he is our provider I'm asking you what do you have but I also have the answer for you if you declare Jesus as your Lord and Savior and if you've asked him for that free gift of the Holy Spirit, you have more than enough. You have all you need. What do you have? Even Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 7, but in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Jesus was so convinced that the Holy Spirit is the best thing for us that he even states that it's better that I go. Yeah. Jesus Christ, 
flesh and bone on earth after resurrection said, it's better that I go. It's better that you have the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit, Jesus names him here the advocate. And the advocate is someone that comes alongside someone and supports them or stands in the gap for them or, or stands on their behalf. But the Holy Spirit has many other names. He's known as a friend. He's known as a comforter. He's known as a helper. He's known as the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of truth, the spirit of grace and the spirit of revelation. If you need wisdom in your circumstances, the Holy Spirit can give you wisdom. If you need a revelation of what's actually going on around you, like Elisha and his servant, there was armies all around them. And Elisha said, pray that the Lord opens your eyes. Pray that the Lord gives you a revelation of what's actually happening around you. And as his eyes were opened, he saw the armies of the Lord surrounding the other army. Pray for that revelation. The spirit of revelation can open your eyes to see what truly is there. If you need grace or mercy, like Pastor Nina was saying, the Holy Spirit can give that to you. The Holy Spirit can help you walk through this life with you. She had olive oil. She had a flask of olive oil. We have the Holy Spirit. Point number three is this, pour it out. Verse three to six says, And Elisha said, Borrow as many empty jars as you can find from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars setting each one aside when it is filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more, he told her. And the olive oil stopped flowing. This woman's faith was activated I suppose when she went and she collected as many containers as she could find this is uh, the oddest request that I think this woman could have got after she approaches the man of God in faith and he says to her I'll just with the little bit of olive oil you get just get as many jars as you can get and then start pouring it in he didn't even give her a promise as to and as you pour it will continue to flow he just said, go to your neighbors and your friends and go get jars. Go to your neighbors and your friends and go get jars and then shut the door behind you. Do not let anyone come into your life and tell you that God can't do it. Shut that door behind you so that no one can turn you away from what your faith is strong enough to believe, from what your faith is strong enough to hope for in Christ. Shut the door behind you. It was an impossible instruction, but she had faith. That was her only option. She had faith. She took what little she had with the faith that she had and she started to pour it out. Could you imagine being her son or, or, or even her in that moment? And you like, all right, God, see what that old man reckons. And she's pouring and she's looking at it and the jar's getting fuller, but the jar's bigger than the flask, but the jar's filling up. And then it gets to the top and she's like, 
I need another jar. And the son brings another jar and she just keeps filling and she just keeps filling and she just keeps filling. She just keeps pouring out what she had. She just keeps pouring out the little she had. She just kept on pouring it out. In faith, she just kept on pouring it out, pouring it out. When we give God what little we have, God gives it back to us, but not what we think we should get. Do you think that woman thought, I'm going to fill all these jars? No, she was like, gee, it'd be nice to fill one of them. But she had the faith and she just kept on pouring and God gave her way more than what she thought she was going to get. This woman partnered with God, just like Moses partnered with God, just like David partnered with God, just like the disciples and that little boy partnered with God in faith and with what little they had, in faith and in the leadership of the Holy Spirit, they were able to pour out and God was able to give back. It, Jesus says in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. Some of us could exaggerate on some things. And we all know that an exaggeration is essentially a lie. But God cannot lie. Jesus cannot lie. And here he is saying, press down, shaken together to make room for more, running over, pouring into your lap. That sounds like an exaggeration, but it is not an exaggeration. It is not a lie. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. That is a promise from God. And this woman saw this scripture come to pass in her life. Even before Jesus spoke the words, she saw this happen. And I'm going to say that God thought of this woman, Jesus thought of this woman when he was quoting or saying this scripture, when he was saying this promise, just like that lady. He might have even used her in a point, just like that lady that with the little flask of olive oil, she poured out and it kept on pouring and it kept on pouring to the brim, to the brim. She was seeing it come to pass in her own eyes. Verse 7 says in 2 Kings chapter 4, When she told the man of God what had happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what is left over. There's a lot of practicality to this. If we are in debt, we should pay off our debts. If God provides financial blessings in our life, but we're still in debt, pay off our debts. We do not want debt. It is a biblical principle. You do not want debtors. Practically, this man of God said to her, great, now you can pay off your debts. Now you can be super practical with what you've got. You sell the olive oil and you pay off your debts. And then there was enough for her and her two sons to live off the rest. We don't know how long she lived. And it didn't say that she can live off it for a couple more months. There was an abundance, an absolute abundance for her and her two boys. As she faithfully gave what little she had, there was an abundance for her. She poured out what she had and God poured out what she needed. That's what she needed. She didn't know what she was looking for. She just knew that she needed God's help. She just had that little bit of faith. She had the Holy Spirit. She had the olive oil and she poured it out. She took three steps, three steps, faith, 
She recognized what she had, and she poured it out. Can I get the band to come up, please? She gave what she had, not knowing what, she, what was going to happen. But she did what she could with what she had. She did what she could with what she had. There was nothing else she could do. She probably sold everything else just to try to pay off the debts. Elisha asked her, what do you have? She didn't have any precious stones or any valuable gold coins or anything like that. All she had was a flask of olive oil. She didn't even have jars to put them in. She had to go borrow that from other people. All she had, she gave and she poured it out. I've actually seen this truth in my own life in in some measure. It was back in 2015. I was serving at Summit. And this is a shameless plug for Summit. Summit is incredible. You need to be there. I was serving at Summit. Pastor Joe asked me to be a driver because he obviously saw my impeccable skills as a driver. And he said, you, sir, are worthy to be a driver. And I I stepped out in faith and I decided to drive one of these uh, guest speakers. And that was actually a real honor and privilege for me because back then they stayed in the city in a hotel. So I got an hour with these guys and it was just awesome. Just getting to know them, speaking to them. It was just an amazing time. I can't even remember who it was. No, I can't remember who it was. But it was just, I decided to serve in that way. I was also part of um, the youth team by that point as well. Just serving where I could, just giving out what little I had, just pouring it out. But I had this great desire in my heart. And you can ask Pastor Joe about it. He actually reminded me when I told him this story. I had this great desire in my heart that I just desperately needed to feel the love of God. See, I knew it. I knew that He loved me because my parents were diligent parents and they told me, they, they, they told me that God loves me. I knew He loved me and I knew He was there for me. And I'd already come to a point where I wanted to give my life to Him. I laid my life down at His feet. I said, Lord, I'm here to serve You. But I didn't, I hadn't felt His love yet and I had this strong desire to feel His love. And as I was serving, as I was driving, I... I walked the, the guest uh, speaker to the front row and I'm just standing there in worship and it was an, a, an old song that we've sung millions of times, a Good, Good Father. It's a goodie. Yeah. And I'm just standing there and I'm just worshiping God and all of a sudden I feel this, this hug, like a literal, I feel like someone's come up to me and hugged me and I open my eyes real quick and no one's in front of me. And I freak out and I close my eyes. It's like, what's happening? And I just start weeping because as I'm getting hugged, I hear the voice of my heavenly father say, I love you and I'm proud of you. In that moment, I got what I needed. As I poured out the little that I had, as I served diligently, as I committed my life to Him, as I gave what little I had, the Holy Spirit came upon me. And He reminded me, in here, I had it here, but not here. And He reminded me how much He loved me. 
why can I put my faith in God? Because He loves me. Why can I believe that I've got all that I need? Because He loves me. He will never leave me or forsake me. He will always be there for me. Why should I pour out what little I have? Because He loves me. He gave me His Son. He died on a cross for me. So that I could have life and life in abundance. So that I could be set free. So that I can live my life to bring glory and honor to Him. It's because He loves me. You can have faith, church. You can have faith like this woman. Because He loves you. I didn't know I was going to cry. You can know that the Holy Spirit is there with you because He loves you. Jesus was so convinced of that, that He said, it's better that I go. You don't need me anymore. I've done what I needed to do. What you need is the Holy Spirit. You can pour out what little you have because He loves you, because He's for you.